It is Saturday, the 31st of August 2019, and this is episode 360 of Digital Outbox. Three hundred and sixty. That's a nice round number, isn't it? <laughs> get it, get it, get it. Um, Ian, hello. Laugh at my joke. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, I, you know that just slipped off the tongue as well. Wasn't even planned. I, I never even thought of it. Yeah. See, Quick the degree brains. to which you um, prepare for these things is quite impressive. Like I said, didn't prepare. Just happened. Um, Verizon just happened as well. Um, they selling. They're selling Tumblr to WordPress. Um, so automatic is the person, well, the company that kind of wrote WordPress, and they own a few other things, including WordPress.com, which is where they gave most of their money. Um, but yeah, Tumblr was bought for a billion dollars not very long ago by Yahoo, who who are owned by Verizon, um, and now they're selling it for well south of well, but they're just saying a few million, I think, uh, just under three million. Wow, that's a uh, sensible buy isn't it uh, yeah so I mean it was Yahoo that bought it bubble. for one billion bubble um, bubble <laughs> pop <laughs> <laughs> and, and I guess we've seen Tumblr traffic kind of wane over time especially when they started going hard on the old porn side of things it's, you know it, 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 and it pretty much does tally with that and that is one of the reasons that it is a failing site now is that they, they cracked down and said they didn't want porn on their platform anymore um, and that was the end of their platform Um it's sad in a way that that the only reason their platform was being used was for porn, but that's just wiped a billion off of their, you know, of their, well, their purchase. Mad. Uh, so, and, and I think let, let's take a pause for this. So, Matt Willenberg, uh, who runs Automatic um, and is in charge of WordPress.org and WordPress.com, um, I think is a good custodian. He wants to take Tumblr back to glory days of you know it's there for blogging you know they'll probably they'll probably move into a kind of paid service and I think if you're a you know if you're a, a person that still uses Tumblr and gets you know traffic out of it joy out of it whatever it is what you do it's the real value isn't it that's why it's a good deal or a good thing is because it's a real value I think part of the three million deal though is that all the existing com- uh, staff the staff get taken they across do. to WordPress so obviously that's part of the deal and that's great for the, the people working and, there. and there's 200 staff it's mm. not it's not like 24 it's 200 yeah. staff so it's a big commitment and he did a really good I mean so so Matt um, did, a, did a few kind of press interviews and he did a podcast at The Verge and again just it, it, he, he was actually thanking so I think Verizon gets a lot of you know, bad press, and you know, they're one of the kind of big well, it's a mega, mega corp, yeah, mega. Yeah, but he he couldn't he couldn't be more grateful because he reckons that they were careful about where they sold it to, so they weren't after the money. They were about oh, clearly the, the, where's the best place for this to go, yeah. and he genuinely felt that they 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 were almost you know doing Tumblr the platform and and the community. You know, they were trying to look after them as best they could. I wonder so, if they had, wonder if they had carefully hand over it. This is the uh, pre-ban on porn server database backup <laughs> systems. Want to be a bit careful with that one. <laughs> we didn't burn it just yet. Uh, yeah. Now, I, I, it's it's the right place for Tumblr. It definitely fits better than it did with Yahoo. Um, I think we took in some air when we found out the figures, but the figures were so big 
you know, and they still are in, in situations, but it definitely shows that if a product ends in the wrong place, makes wrong choices, or, you know, in Tumblr's case, goes into a big mega corp and therefore can't be seen to be like the rough edges of the internet anymore, all those kind of things. So, yeah. Yep. It's a shame. Such a big, big name in the blogging world when, you know, it, when it first came out is sort of almost a fall from grace, I guess. But if it's got a good home now, maybe it will continue on uh, into the future. And it's still a great platform. It's the same with something like Flickr. Yep. You know, so Yahoo bought Flickr, they bought, you know, they bought Tumblr. And lots of people are like, oh, Flickr's dead, Flickr's dead. But nope. um, I, I, still, I still use it, still pay for it. Um, I actually get a lot of, um, you know, interaction from it, and 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 then you compare it to, you know, Instagram. There's no adverts on it. Yeah. Instagram is horrible. So it's Instagram. I, I really like the platform, but it's horrible with adverts, mm. and they're talking about ramping up even more now. And it, it's just getting it's getting almost to that tipping point again of like this is it's starting to grate that every. Yeah. Every third advert, and I remember when they brought adverts in and they brought the video adverts in, they said it'll it'll be respect, it'll be in the style of Instagram. It's mm-hmm. like rubbish. Yeah, I, I agree. It's um, words to placate uh, and then forget about them, sweep them under the carpet. Um, Snap um, introduces Spectacles three. So obviously, Spectacles one and two were such massive hits that they've decided to come out with Spectacles three. This is. Um, this is a pair of glasses, wearable sunglasses, and they come with uh, two HD cameras now, one on either side, and you can shoot um, pictures and send them to your Snapchats, I guess. This is bonkers. This is like, <laughs> bonkers. Yeah, because um, the first two, I'm trying to find the price. The, yeah, the first two were like $150 and $200. So I'm thinking back to your like Stadia purchase, it's like a throwaway price. You could take a punt. Yeah. And and not feel too sore about it if you're, you know, if you're. They were like those, you know, cash. those spy cameras glasses yeah, that you can yeah, get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what it was about, wasn't it? These are three hundred eighty. Yeah, that's a lot. You know, so lot these are sort of doubled doubled the price, and they're talking about how it can, you know, take three D effects because it's got two cameras and because they're the, you know, the at each tip of the the visuals know, the, gla- the, the visuals they gave of it were you know that um that old technique where they i can't you know matrix used it that spin the the sort of stationary spin or that you know the, well, the bullet time yeah whatever it was they, they, they span around a view and kept it stationary it's, it's like a teeny weeny weeny version of that <laughs> like everything yeah. just moves very slightly which is an interesting effect um but is it enough to pay four hundred dollars for a Set I, I just, I for just somebody it must that. be and the glasses look a bit rubbish as well, to be honest yeah, but then again I've I, seen people wearing sunglasses that I wouldn't be seeing dead in and they seem to think they're stylish so said the man with the I biggest watch in the world old. <laughs> I am old um, but nevertheless I, I'm surprised they've got to version 3 I can't even remember properly talking about 1 or 2 I seem to remember that we covered it touched on it but uh, anyway, they're up to version three, so someone must be buying it. So one got a lot of press because it's one of the first, apart from like probably the Google, Google Glass, Glass, it was yeah. one of the first where it was like we're going to do this, and and it came from you know at the time Snapchat was probably the, you know it was a hot ticket in social media, and I remember a lot of the people call them influencers, but bloggers, vloggers all wanted one. They were they were going to where because remember they were selling them only in certain cities, right? And okay. People were going to visit. And queuing to get yeah. them, and and I remember some podcasters saying, "This is it. This is the future. I'm going to wear this all the time." You're like, "No, you look like." <laughs> uh, yeah, and then we had all the issues around privacy, and I think that's that's still around. I'm guessing this is such a low volume or comparatively low volume that hasn't caught the media's attention anyway. So, and it's so obvious wearing a couple of couple of cameras on your face, you might as well be putting a cat in an it's arrow. Like, it's still it. the fact of, of like you know people in toilets and like filming. Mm. It's just mm. it's just stuff like that. It's just like horrid. Yeah, 
Um, the ongoing story of um, assistants and transcribing via, via, via humans. So audio snippets being taken and then transcribed by humans. And Facebook, well, it's, it, it comes out that they've, they did pay contractors to transcribe audio chats. And the end destination of those transcriptions is not clear. Um, so they haven't, they've just said to improve services or something. And, and But it doesn't really make it clear why that was all being stored, where it was being sent to, and has it been retained. Uh, and these were transcripts of, um, yeah, audio chats um, within their service. So, yeah, interesting. It's funny how when this first broke about Apple, it's, it's just it's just dominoed to... Oh, yeah, bring out your dead, isn't it? It's, you know, yep. everyone's not... Yeah, yeah, and um, I might have been doing that. Me and... too. So, so Google, <laughs> yeah, be, be the same. Yeah. I think the only one that's I think, I think Amazon might have now put their hand up and says they're doing it because they were their last they were their last holdouts. I Microsoft. seem to remember them if they haven't already. I think wasn't it? Didn't Amazon sort of say yes, we're doing this? Yeah, Google, wasn't Google, it? Google were the first to say, and then right. Microsoft, and then there was Facebook. I seem to remember Amazon doing it, but they all they were washing have, to one, don't they? Yeah, Amazon eventually said it, um, and and I guess it's it's back to the you know, they're looking at it that they want to improve the service, so they're saying it is. It's totally around service improvement, but it's the fact that people didn't have options and didn't yeah. know about it. I think so. The worrying bit, and the other, um, I guess, smelly bit about it, and I guess it's it's practical reasons. And and you know, Apple, like I say, have have also said, yep, yeah, that we've we've had workers listening to Siri voices. But I think the other thing that people had an issue with was the fact that they weren't just employees of those companies they were using external resource um, to do that which i can kind of understand from a practical reason um you know you just want to hire in someone to do that kind of job but nevertheless you know that's that's sensitive user data as you know uh, making contractors feel a little bit uncomfortable transcribing not knowing why they're doing it um they still took the jobs obviously but but yeah so whether we've got to the bottom of that um that bucket yet i'm not sure i think there might still be some stuff especially around where has that data gone inside of facebook especially as they're under scrutiny all the time at the moment uh, where is that data and what is it being used for adverbs yeah and zuckerberg's on thing is saying we're not listening to what you're doing and using that for adverts so if they were listening even in not in that direct way but if if, if they were listening and then using it for their advertising matrix then he's been he's he's been in government scrutiny lying basically <clears throat> maybe you could argue not deliberately but still he's gone down <laughs> another iphone related apple sort of issue this week google has been looking into the security around the iphone platform i wonder why they were doing that um but nevertheless they they came up with um basically a series of defects that uh, there are exploits out in the wild so there were websites out there making use of defects across a, a wide range of iphone operating systems so not just the latest or not just an old one it was all the way through to the up until the latest patch uh, these were highlighted to apple i think in february or something like that but um they've come out and sort of disclosed the, the extent of it um and apple were pretty resistant to make comment on it initially um, but they have released an update to their um, operating system to to close that hole. But nevertheless, if you were if you happen to visit the, the wrong website, it could install via a number of different exploits. It could install um, some software, and that gave them 
access to your phone, including the ability to install something on your phone, which then sent data back to wherever the you know mother hub was. Yeah, we've covered Project Zero, so this is yeah. Google's Project Zero before. They do lots of investigative work, finding exploits. Um, they say it's for the good of the internet, good of the user community. Um, so other people but it's also great that they highlight an iPhone platform, which everyone, which Apple tout as you know, hundred percent secure. Or an, Absolutely, and when and, and when they found these web and and so as as per usual, there's the people saying this is fantastic and well done, Google, and others saying. Um, Advertising. Well, no, really, really that they've said this is, you know, you know they've visited a thousand times a week, but they don't disclose their websites. They don't disclose really how many people because they don't really know. And it's, again, a big thing about Apple security, where Apple are advertising about security versus everything else. So is it really a big deal? Um, but the vulnerabilities were, you know, severe. And yeah. Google usually gets, so the projects your team usually are, you know, we'll tell the company, so if they find a Microsoft flaw, tell Microsoft, you get 90 days. If you don't do it in 90 days, we'll, we'll reveal. And that just puts a bit of, I guess, corporate pressure and, and a bit of accountability on them to say, you need to fix this. With these ones, they deemed it as so severe, they gave them a week and said, if you don't do something within the week, because it's out there, it's been out there for two years. Um, think, and that's the day zero, you know, thing, isn't it? It's, this isn't, this is, okay, it's day zero as far as identification, but it's not day zero as far as this is out in the world and available. Absolutely. You know? mm. um, so, yeah, and, and been running, for, as I said, two years through, through iOS 10 to 12. You know, so it's fixed in 12.1.4. I guess, the, I guess the positive thing probably for Apple is people do tend to, on Apple side, keep more up to date. Um, than, than, than yeah. So as far as a fix so, for an ongoing for the issue ongoing, they they very much yeah. could be solved um, relatively quickly. But as an issue that's been out in the wild for two years, who knows what potential damage that has done over that time? You know, if your phone had had that thing for two years, sending data back to you know a central place, it's it's not ideal, is it? And I think when you looked at the actual, when you looked at the kind of flaw and what it was capturing, it was uh, it was pretty pretty nasty little yeah, set yeah. of um, vulnerabilities um yeah and to be clear it wasn't just one you, vulnerability you, was it it was a series of it was five uh, yeah, five it was separate of five, vulnerabilities yeah. um all around visiting a website um it was a safari weakness in in, in the majority of those yeah, cases and what they basically said you could still use as photos messages and track their location in their real time mm. um and it could also access the user's on device bank of saved passwords so so Essentially, you know, it had root access, is what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. And when you look at it, and, that, and that's why you know when you when you see it like that, so you think photos are bad enough, but the the messages and the passwords and the location um, is is like a honeypot, and that's why they were looking looking to you know please fix this quickly. Um, and and another sort of security big thing um, announced since our last podcast was that there was a a, bi- a biometrics firm that got. Um, effectively had had a big breach of data um potential or potentially big breach of data uh, a security firm an israeli security firm was just rooting around and found um access to an open database with no uh particular security on it and it turns out that this was a biometrics um used by banks and police forces and defense firms and it was it was things like what is someone's fingerprint um so and what building does that person have access to so it wasn't just a hashed um sort of set of data to compare against it was actually the 
physical fingerprint data and again where these people were licensed to access and all those kind of things so it turns out the the security firm actually outsourced again so it was it was a security firm outsourcing sourcing and then the outsourcing provider didn't have a security enabled at a high enough level so and say it was a it's a security firm who were looking around uh, from israel who were looking around just just trying to find these weaknesses trying to find what's out there uh, and they happen to find on this one and it's say it's potentially the the the, the what's the name of the um source firm where all the data was what, they, they haven't uh, said what they're going to do to fix yeah, I mean, it was a, so it was a, a company called Suprema, and it was a Biostar mm. Two platform. So, seemingly, this was integrated into other so Suprema um, access control systems. So they haven't said uh, Suprema haven't actually said what they're going to do about this right now, but they have said they're going to put it right. Obviously, they have to say that, but I don't know what that means if you don't know whether that data is out in the world. Um, yeah, and, and the access. I think the key thing is access control system. So they've they've called it AEOS. Um, it's used by almost 6,000 organisations across 83 countries, including governments, banks, and also the UK Met. So, so yeah. good job. And these are, yep, secure accesses to places. Um, so Rotom is the Israeli company who, you know, I guess, I, I, I don't know how they earn their money or who contracts them to do it, but clearly just constantly rooting around for um, the internet just for weaknesses and things to exploit. And I, I'm guessing in this particular case yeah it's all good but how many firms are there out there and where do they get their funding from i'm always interested well there's a lot so well even just if you take the she's just going back to the the iphone vulnerabilities that they found um if you look at the new bounties the new bounty rules apple have announced google just for those you know five vulnerabilities would have earned a few million right so that that's so so there's a there's a reason that people do it is because they're looking for these bounties now but it did sound like from what um, rotom says is they just generally look around it, you know they just have a have a route around look for ports that that follow set patterns and and then try and try and access them at yeah. that point so the, so the this is really a company with something called v, vpn mentor and it's actually two researchers so one was called rotom the other was called locar yeah, the researcher names and they what was scary? So the start of this says like you know, there's fingerprints over one million people. And I, remember we covered. Remember we had stories for years about we shouldn't have a national ID service, mm. and and a lot of people were like, "Well, why is there nothing to hide?" And it's like, "Well, this is why." <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, because they've because... now say all that data because it wasn't hashed as well. It's yeah. not like you, as they said, it's not like a password. You can't just change it. You can't no. change your fingerprint. <laughs> no, and now so people fin- know what their fingerprint. Okay, the, the system of data points is you know maybe not unique, but but yeah, was. But they had fingerprints of 1 million people, but it was much more than that. So there was 27, or so almost 28 million records, 23 gigabytes worth of data. Um, you know, there was, you know, passwords, dashboards, fingerprint data, facial recognition data, um, unencrypted username and passwords, log of access, security levels, clearance, mm-hmm. personal details of staff, um, passwords, usernames yeah. were not encrypted. Mm-hmm. It just feels, you know, it's like basics that I, you'd expect... <laughs> You know, uh, so, an access control this world, system to have this world of out- outsourcing. Though, uh, if you you know you're reliant on your outsourcers to do what they say they're going to do, potentially. Um, yes. No one's safe though. Jack Dorsey's <laughs> Twitter CEO uh, was had his account on Twitter um, hacked, and someone hijacked it for a bit. Yeah, this was just last night. Um, 
and, and and it was it, it was weird. I just saw it in full real time. I was just going through Twitter, and there was somebody I followed just said, "I switched on Twitter for the first time, and this is what I see." Mm-hmm. And he he just put at Jack, and then he'd put he'd quoted Jack's tweet, which was like basically some racist racist slurs, and mm-hmm. and you're like, huh? And then it was kind of clear that hold on, he's he has been hacked because it started naming you know a, a few different things. You're like, no, this this isn't. And within about twenty, it took about twenty twenty five minutes, I guess, before they got the, the account under control. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and there was lots of lots of people saying, you know, hold on, but is it hacked or is he is he on drugs? And he's just, <laughs> you know, or somebody got his phone, you know, or you know, it's not as so much that he's hacked. Is it just a? Uh, but but no, seemingly it was a, a swim swap attack. So this is where um, you know basically mobile phone companies have given an, another. Um, you know, they're they're the kind of weak link in the chain around your security. So if their you number's about, gone to someone else. Yeah. So if it. you think about, you've got two-factor authentication, and if you've only got it set up with a um, with your phone number, so um, SIM swaps, you can authenticate themselves with telephone communications networks, and then um, once you've got that, you can switch a particular phone number to a different SIM card. And once you've got that, um, the the hacker controls the phone number, and through once they've done that. They were using some other service that he used to be connected to, so that they could, you could use his number mm. um, to tweet, and that's how they managed to do it. So, so it wasn't a Twitter hack as such; it was a third-party service, but it was really the SIM swap um, was the the root cause. But very embarrassing, you know. It's yeah, you know, it's and it, and I guess it just shows if you're high profile, you know, you've, you've got to be pretty switched on now. Yeah, interesting story um, came out about the. There was a there's a there's a Muslim um, social network that was being set up and has been gaining some. It's got quite a few users. I think it was around seventy five thousand. It was it's called the Woke Network, um, and it this, so it's been building sort of this this following and it sort of it talks about um, issues around Islam and and being is you know being a Muslim in in our country nowadays. And it turns out this was set up by or per, partially commissioned by the home office in their kind of anti-terrorism um uh, you know divisions um so it was it was kind of it's kind of felt by lots of people to be it's a pretty sneaky action I, I don't really know enough about the story and about the methods and things involved but it certainly feels a little bit stinky that there's no there's no mention of the fact that this was this the home office and their terrorist anti-terror divisions doing these things um, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you've got an opinion on it. It was just an interesting story that came out in tech, and I wasn't sure. I'm not really sure that. Well, it just felt a little bit stinky. Part of me feels it does feel stinky, but at the same time, I guess I kind of get why they're wanting to do this because yeah. you end up, you'll end up with it. So I think part of the challenge they've got, or sorry, everybody's got is if you look at the, the you know social media platforms, they have been. I, I was. I was going to say exploited. Maybe that's the wrong word, but they've been... They've certainly you know, been the, implicated into the extremist, well, you know, into going for extremism, basically. Yeah, but and it's also a very easy platform to share against, you mm. know, so you can put up messages. And we've seen it, whether it's a, you know, whether it's a, you know, right wing, you know, across the world, whether it's a, you know, I guess a more, you know, terrorist slash, you know, extremist, you know, type. It is pretty easy to share media and get access to media. So part of me felt well. There's maybe there's no big surprise because for years we've had 
government messages all round, you know, like crossing the road safely and sure. you know doing these all, all these other things. Is this any different if they're saying you know we really but you would, we really but, don't want to have you know yeah, you know, but but on those messages, it, they've you know they're 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 government sponsored messages, aren't they? That's the, that's almost the bit about it. It's it's. But then when you come to when you come to things like terrorism and you come to other, you know, I'm thinking back to like you know and and again, this is where it maybe gets a bit a, a, a bit sniffy. Um, when you look at things like you know police undercover, you don't hear about that, but mm. they're doing it all the time. So if you go back to you know IRA and you know the troubles, there was a whole load of police undercover in, in that area. You didn't know about it because you couldn't know about it. And if everybody knew this was set up by the government, it it wouldn't it wouldn't attract any, you know what I mean? It wouldn't attract any. I guess people who were maybe just interested say, "Oh, this is just government propaganda." I'm not going to listen to. Yeah, but that, but ultimately, that's you know, is it and is it, and how is it being manipulated and how is it being moved? Anyway, um, the Home Office did confirm they were involved in the process and they said we are committed to using all tools available to counter threat of uh, terrorism in the UK. So it is an anti-terrorism tool and part of yeah the anti-radicalization uh, sort of techniques that they are um, using. Um. I, and I don't I just just to close off. I don't I don't know if it's one of those things. It's like a, is it a toe in the water? You know, to kind of say is this something that is worthwhile doing? Because it's the government are highly aware now of how powerful social media is, especially around reaching people absolutely. that you'll find it hard to reach. And and I just think it's such a it is such a hard. I guess the people that try to target, you know, it's maybe not the kind of the hardcore that they're about to go and you know either commit something or do something. It's the ones that are maybe seen as a supporting it and it's trying to get a different message over to mm. say realize what really what's happening here yeah you know so it's trying to put a view out there that's maybe you know it's not being covered as much um nobody is capable of opening mail because it's illegal and that is the basically <laughs> um virgin media sent a password reset email it wasn't even a password reset email it was a password reset letter to someone who had forgotten their password and it they sent them their old password which means firstly that virgin media are storing in a retrievable format passwords so they're not hashed and salted in in what would be nowadays surely the i think even my mum knows <laughs> that um that you know you shouldn't be storing them in a retrievable format um and yeah, and they sent that out via the mail. And this guy said, not only are you therefore storing um, my passwords in a retrievable format that is capable of being turned back to plain text, you've sent it in a you know in, in a letter that could be opened. And the and the ISP said, yeah, that's fine. We 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 store them you know in a safe way, and uh, no one it's illegal for them to open letters. So um, so you're all good. And he didn't sit down at that point. <laughs> he kind of kicked up a fuss which you might expect this is my isp <laughs> so it's it's good to know that the password that i use is in safe hands i mean it's, it's ridiculous as as and, as they said if you if, if everyone was routinely using a different password for every single service then password security would be less of an issue because um you know everyone you'd be affecting that one service but Virgin has a responsibility. We we all know that users reuse passwords. Virgin has a massive responsibility to keep a password private because of the their prevalence of use. Yeah, I mean it's absolutely ridiculous. And the the fact that their their Twitter team, their social media team, had replied back with a "It's safe" because we sent it through the mail. 
Yeah. It's like what? Well, that's right. So it was it was actually them returning back to say yeah. out in the open. And granted, that's social media. You know, that's Fred who's been employed on a two month sabbatical. You know, apprenticeship to do their mail, isn't it? But it's not it's not ideal. Uh, yeah, it's 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 just a bit worrying. You know, it's a bit worrying when you've got a a mate because Virgin are one of the biggest ISPs in the UK. And they seem to think this is an okay security practice. Yes, and and it's clearly not. No, you know. So whether 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 it, the mail gets attacked or not, and whether it should be on you as an individual to go and create, you know, seven hundred different passwords for the seven hundred different services used doesn't matter. Well, and there's a piece want. of code out there that able you know allows you to debug or de de encrypt a password. So even if it's encrypted in the actual database, there is a piece of code that can de encrypt it. And and you know, uh, d- does it make you want to move away from their service? No, because it, <laughs> you've got your massive, massive no, fat but, stream pipe. But, no, they, but, they, but, you but it's thought... back to the, but it's back to they need to change because mm. because me moving away is not going to change them. But they need to change. They need to take some responsibility. And that's weird to me. The, the regulator. Do you think the regulator's going to step in? Uh, probably not. But they should be. They, they should, should step in. They should. They should yeah. be having back channel talks now at the very least. Well, they should be saying that you have responsibility. They'll have. I don't know what. Proportionally, probably like what eight to ten million UK customers. Yeah, people and, don't know it's a bit massive. You know, and and they're not looking after their passwords. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's. This is the point sorry. at which you would want the regulator to step in because ultimately, yeah, yeah you know, hackers are now oh perked up a bit on there, and that let's go get that. Well, database. exactly because that because that means you've got a vulnerability there that is like, well, I can get you know an absolute Aladdin's cave of information. Or I'll just sit the Royal Mail van and... <laughs> well, yeah, just open up, see what, see what I can get. Because ultimately, you know it's a virgin you know, letter, don't you, generally speaking? So, yeah, let's have a look. Right then, Disney setting up their own streaming service. I, th- I can't remember whether we've talked about it on the podcast. I know we've talked about it separately away from the podcast. Um, but obviously, the you know Netflix and Prime isn't enough in this world. So we're getting more and more and more streaming services. And Disney is one that's going to come out. And they've got quite a compelling service, I guess. They're, they're literally launching this everywhere, all, as in across all platforms. But it's, it's they're going region by region, as is normal in the kind of TV arena. Um, but yeah, all the pricing looks... Um, it's certainly cheaper than uh, Netflix, which has just started putting up its prices again. Um, but yeah, we're having more and more places where all these products and tv and series are and therefore we get into that horrible situation where you have to buy multiple subscriptions if you want to get everything you want but what is interesting is that the traditional sky and if you're in america all those other different providers that that conglomeration of all these things into one package is becoming less and less um fruitful should we say yeah, I, I my gut says we did copy Disney Plus, and I could go into search for also notes, but I can't be asked. The um, and it's but but so it launches America November twelfth, and it's also coming to Canada, Netherlands, Australia, New Zealand. So that was the kind of announcement here. And um, they also talked about the, how you'd actually consume it, so everybody knows you're going to stream it. But they've confirmed that there'll be a app available on iOS, Apple TV, Google Chromecast, Android, Android TV, PlayStation Four, Roku, and Xbox One. So pretty much everywhere. Apart from Amazon, pretty much <laughs> everywhere. Um, so clearly, there's some sort of, you know, knocking your heads with Amazon going on at the moment. I think that's um, that's that's mutual, though. I would say. Uh, yeah, yeah, they also talked about how you know they showed the app. That was clean and nice to use. You can subscribe within the app, so they're obviously giving over the, you know, the five to ten percent to the i, you know, Apple and Google, etc. Um, the other thing for the, so I think it's six ninety nine dollars in America. 
Um, I think it was six ninety nine euros if you're in you know Netherlands. Um, that includes four K and and um, Ultra HD, not Ultra HD, um, HDR. You know, so so really something that Netflix again charges a premium for. Um, they're seen as baked in, so really aggressive um, because they're new. They they need to come out and, and and attract customers. The big surprise for me is no UK. UK mm. is like you know if you look at Australia, New Zealand, Netherlands. I think UK combined is the same size as those three. But then we so also I'm, we often have individual contracting and licensing issues because we're a big enough market that um, people have different separate licensing. So it could be, for example, that Sky have a license for some of the Marvel stuff that that then is exclusive to their service. Sky um, and Netflix UK currently have Marvel um, streaming deals. Mm. So that and that's why it doesn't come to the UK at the same time uh, and benefits and drawbacks, I guess. Um, but that's why it's also complicated. And they, and they they all these license holders, I guess this is how they make their money is by, you know, having that different licensing agreements all around the world. And, and it, it doesn't kind of doesn't make sense in the global environment we live in nowadays. So I think we'll see the model changing slowly. Um, but at the moment, there's very much not a model that, that's changing because there's too much money riding on it too much too much infrastructure in the way and I, and as you say the big the, the big challenge is going to be on you know the, the you know people at sky um, it's, you know so obviously it's impacting bbc and itv and the kind of traditional tv um channels that we have but sky and you look at the you know between your 30 to 80 quid a, a month that you pay um are you really going to pay you know 12 quid netflix um just so what else we've got amazon prime so that'll work out about or eight pound a year, um, Apple TV Plus is you know launching you know in the next three months. Rumors that they're going to try and do like a ten dollar price. Yeah, which seems it's high what, if you add everything content. together, it, it's a big chunk yep. of cash around, and, and you're not get. And this is the thing: you're not necessarily getting more, even if you subscribe to everything. Yeah. Ultimately, they all used to be in one place, and that was great. And you used to yeah. have it anyway. And it's like yep. if, you, if there was a movie you could watch before on Netflix and now it's been moved away. And the only way you can unlock that is by paying the extra subscription. Um, so there's, you know, it's people chasing that big chunk of money. But, you know, from a consumer's perspective, it, it doesn't add choice because it's, again, it's the exclusive content. Uh, and it's, it's the same argument as the football. Even though football's now been shared around multiple places and not just on Sky, you now have to pay for multiple subscriptions to go and get access to your football. Um, and it's, so it's not good from a consumer's perspective until these products exist in multiple services and then you choose what service you like to use. And ultimately, in the next, I'm going to say, three, four years, we'll see all those services. Someone will be able to do the politics, which brings them all back into one central location. We'll see. Uh, I, I, I just hope this comes to the UK. I think this is one of the... So I'm not going to pay for Apple, um, but I would have paid for this. Yeah, you're you're dead keen. I, I'm not so much. Um, I, I yeah. think the ultimately you will see the uh, there'll be an uptick in piracy again. So whereas people have it's taken a back seat, certainly not been in the media like it used to be. What's, what's piracy? But it, but it, what's piracy, Chris? But immediately, <laughs> immediately the you know the these kind of services all get announced, and I've seen two big um, I don't know what they call them shot flicks or something that they, they, they had loads of different products. They're suddenly back in the news again because. Piracy is going to take an uptick, basically. Yeah, the thing the thing I've seen certainly with the the, uh, the folk at work is it's still all streaming. It's streaming, and it's no longer download. Yeah, very few people now download. It's um, it's all, and some of them will pay four or five quid for a streaming site and get absolutely everything. Yeah, um, so they're happy to pay 
something, but they don't want to pay, you know, like hundred something a month. They want to pay maybe like twenty a month yep. tops. Exactly. People and... make the choice as to what the value is. It doesn't matter what that yeah. company says the value is. If they can go and get that product and they can get it all in one place in a convenient, it's the same thing as the music industry. You know, we had all that problem with they. It was much, much harder to buy music legitimately than it was just to go pick it up easily. And that was the whole problem. Google is moving away from its desserts and it is moving across to numbers. So we're going to have Android 10. We're not going to have Android Q. Um, Somebody said that, yeah, well, why the hell pudding begins with Q anyway? So they were having the trouble. Um, But nevertheless, they did also say that internationally and across different sort of character sets, numbers make just a lot more sense. So they're going, going with Android 10. See you later, lollipops. (laughs) <laughs> yeah um it's, it's when you read it like that it makes sense but from a marketing point of view um i think the desserts always became a thing yeah but you it was so, always that thing of i don't know it, it is easy to remember is 10 the latest one i know 11 is the latest one rather than you know going back through the desserts and i know it's all alphabet driven but i i'm over it i don't i don't care either way to be honest <laughs> tis what it is um, yeah, and I think as you say, there's probably very little because I'm 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 sitting here thinking, what does begin? Have you Q? searched Q poo pudding? Q poo? Don't don't search that. Not sure what that would no. bring back, but it uh, wouldn't be good. Um, so this is also coming. I mean, I guess the one thing they could have done is just skipped Q, you know, and just just went to R. But ultimately, you run it. But up, that makes. Better, but then that you. starts making less sense from that sequence point of view, doesn't it? So yeah, exactly. What happens when they get yeah. to the end of the alphabet? So. Um, in a move that seems left at the traffic lights and straight over a roundabout into the never beyond bbc are going to launch their own digital voice assistant they are going to spend whatever it costs to to set up a voice assistant for their own services um really really strange move this for me unless there's something going on in the background which bbc aren't able to use the existing voice services as they would like or certainly get access to the information or we've seen before the licensing of bbc means that their information has to be globally available or you know it can't be locked away behind paid service but they're yeah they're making their own voice assistant hmm. uh, yeah I, I i read this and thought what it, it, this this feels like <clears throat> I don't know. It feels like I can remember an old-fashioned BBC thing to do, and it's like we need to do everything. We need to do everything ourselves, and it's like I do not think you need to do this. I think uh, you need to be on all the platforms yeah. because you're a content yeah. provider. And that's what they—that's what we've seen them do, right? Traditionally, yeah. is that they do their thing, and then iPlayer went everywhere, so it wasn't just yeah. their thing; it was just everywhere. And, and it just seems a bit, a, a bit, a bit weird. Also, the, I mean, the, the the wake word they're talking about using is "beep." Yes, which and, and yeah, it, again, just all feels a bit. They're, they're even with multi as as people say it's not this isn't coming from me but as even with multi-syllable wake words we're getting accidental activations so it beeps definitely gonna, gonna be causing all sorts of problems um and, and yeah and the, and the last bit for me as well is is not only can the bbc not compete with apple google amazon from the you know technology and investment perspective but that's like our money. Yeah. So and it just feels a waste to, of our money. Yeah, choosing to spend it on this. But like I say, there may be things in the background we're just not aware, aware of that, that mean that they, they're not willing to share the data with these services, especially given all of the, you know, the, the transcription and stuff. Maybe they've 
maybe they've woken up to the fact that they can't trust these services to maybe they got told that that, that wasn't happening but actually it is or you know and, and that's maybe a good angle that that you know is from a strategy point of view that's the the feel they've got to because they know they can out. control the data as they yeah. need to but but the kind of my, my gut says i'd rather have a you know take that money and go and do another couple of tv series or a david attenborough series and 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 sell that around the world and, rather than try and do this but you and me aren't always the, the best no you know maybe they've got that voice as the future and they certainly there's a lot of um there's a lot of play around the voice at the moment um i don't think it's i think it's a bit of a bubble thing i think people are seeing it as a bigger thing than it is um but yeah i just can't see the, like say they can't compete um that's a it's effectively a waste of money but there must be something in the background that's causing them to do it also if it if they've done this probably i don't know three years ago at the, at the kind of start of because um, is that how long is that how long like, the amazon it feels about that before, it feels, it feels three, around that ago. kind of time yeah you know so see if this had come out around then and they were and they were up there with other tech companies and they were all chasing to see who could win that race you'd think think fair enough but uh, the race feels done you know it's like we've seen samsung struggle with their you know bixby but no even Apple, a... for Siri, for years has yeah, been yeah. causing them problems, uh, and yeah. they certainly haven't ironed everything out. And they and, and and just the other bit, they're, they're looking for staff in the UK to train it with regional voices. It's like, oh, this I I don't know. It just all feels a bit ah, I don't know. Instagram adding a new feature to their service called Threads. Um, this is. I, I guess within Instagram, it's an idea that you share between close friends um, sort of and you share, you know, constantly as a just a through the day chat thing. They're trying to take away from some of that Snapchat um, market. So where Snapchatters just literally have an engagement and then we'll carry on doing that chatting backwards and forwards for extended periods of time. Uh, Instagram doesn't have that. So even with their stories and stuff like that, or even uh, whatever, you know, whatever else services they've got, they haven't got that engagement. They've got a, someone goes to Instagram, looks through th- uh, some pictures and then, and then they move on and do something else. Uh, so this is, this idea is to try and get people using Instagram like that Snapchat service. So they, they're engaging and actually using it as a chat service rather than just a, a store um for pictures yeah i mean it's uh, facebook are scared of you know the, the next big thing coming along and eating their lunch you know so they you know they bought instagram they bought whatsapp they tried to buy snapchat um you know it, it turns out what was the other one the one that's the, the kind of party chat thing that, that, that took off in america i can't remember his name they tried to buy that as well it turned out and they, and they got rebuffed um and this one again, a little bit weird because it's like you can see your location, speed, and battery life with friends. Mm. I've always wanted to tell you my battery life, Chris. I've mm. Always wanted to, you know. I've always I, wanted to. The, the the practical reason for that though is when someone goes quiet, you can tell it was because the last time they said they had no battery. But yeah, it's a bit, yeah. it is a bit weird. You're right, and it's like giving more data to Facebook, isn't it? It's like it's, they they don't treat it very well. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's just again, it, it just feels a bit like they're they're, they're going to develop all these things and try and throw it against you know which which one sticks. Yeah. Um, and, well, they know that kids and yeah. are, are using Instagram. They're just not engaging with it the same way as they do with Snapchat, and that's what they're after, isn't it? So we've got the audience. Let's try and let's try and do this. Uh, Stadia news: um, Cyberpunk coming to it, which is great. Uh, this is Google's streaming gaming service. Like the reason it's in the notes is because I have pre-ordered. Uh, I know Ian, you haven't, um, but I am interested to see this. So they've got some other uh, exclusive type content as well so they've we've even been announcing games that are going to be stadia exclusives which was the always the kind of thing well i could play these games anywhere so why would i do that but yeah 
they are certainly aiming to do that we only know november is the launch date uh, but they have come out with a whole ton of um games that will be there from from that launch or shortly after anyway i mean cyberpunk's you know so it's next year's i guess most talked about game at the moment i'm pretty sure we'll get you know come e3 next year we'll get the you know the the new xbox new ps5 well we haven't had a, a new gta announcement have we so yeah so we're looking so for that fix yeah, and, and you're going to get the halos and stuff. But right now, Cyberpunk looks like, you know, the, the big game is still getting talked about. So, so, you know, to see that come to Stadia is a good thing. Um, and even just seeing the other, you know, the other, the other games in there, you know, so there's Doom Eternals in there, Elder Scrolls Online, and also some um, fighting games, which I'm su- semi-surprised at just because you need the, you know, like the whole point of fighting games has always been, you know, They latencies. are living and dying by the fact that they're kind of saying, well... Yep. You know, it's streaming is good enough, um, and we're there's still a lot of cynicism around, obviously, um, and we we yet to see. But um, uh, will it work? Who knows? Who knows? That's the whole. That's quite exciting. If, it's, I, if anyone's going to make it work, you'd have thought they can. It, so I, I certainly think Google, Google, or Amazon are probably the, the two that would. You know, would be able to nail this right now. It feels like just just for their, their back end, Microsoft as well has obviously got Azure. So I think the, the three of them seem to be chasing that. Wait, I mean, we play shooty games all the time. And, you know, a few years back, you wouldn't have said that. I say a few years, I'm talking decades. You would have said that's not possible to get that, you know, lag-free and, and, and accurate. And okay, most of the time we proved that, yeah, you can't do it properly, but uh, they certainly do algorithms that make it reasonable. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it's got a good chance of seeing. It's, it's just how much of a dent it makes on... That overall, you know, I was going to say hardcore gaming market was probably they're, not. They're hardcore. never, they're never going to be won over no. by a service like this because they want the latest things running locally. Of course, and if you and if you look at the strategy from Microsoft and Sony, they're like, well, you'll buy our consoles and we'll have the streaming services yeah. baked in as well. It yeah. feels like they're going to say, if you want to buy a physical media disc, you want to download it digitally, or you want to stream it. You can do it all on our hardware. Well, they've all got they've all got those angles covered, but ultimately, I think Google are saying, like, "Oh, this is this is the we think this is actually stake in the ground. This is going to be the future. And this is actually where Mike's they may tip over to that, but it's certainly cheaper from a hardware perspective." Well, I was going to say, remember the price was at one one eighty, one twenty. Oh, I, th- I think the the this founders pack was one hundred and fifty, maybe even less than that. I can't remember exactly. Um, but that doesn't include that only includes a certain amount of subscriptions, and there will be games that are free to play. But they haven't really given full details of everything that's going to be. So if you want to play the big titles, you are still having to pay for game time on that one. Um, there you go. I'll let you find out yeah, how much I'm, money I spent. I think it was around. Yeah, so it was just. Yeah, that's what I was looking at. So it's. Um... And there's also some stuff. It's like talk about seven quid a month as well for the pro subscription. Yeah, so that's and that will become with a, a set of games, and I think there is a nine quid a month, basically yeah. a paper pay per view thing that they're potentially going to go with as well. So you can you can just pay for the games that you do play. Y- yes. Okay, I think um, that's the news. That is the news. Um, unless you've got a pick that you don't want to particularly. Uh, um, I probably should, but I don't. So ha. Huh. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> Stick that. I might have. I might have. I might have. I might have won in a couple of weeks because okay. um, September tenth is Apple Keynote, Indeed. new iPhones. Um, so iOS thirteen, all that kind of good stuff. So there'll be. 
probably a, a smattering of new apps released in the next couple of weeks that people have been holding back, back for. Yeah, and, yeah. and so that's only a couple of weeks. So it probably is going to be around the time of the next podcast. That's exciting. It will be. Alrighty. Um, find out more about us. Digitaloutbox.com is the website. Email info at digitaloutbox.com and Twitter is digitaloutbox. Ian, where do we find you? Indeck.com. And I'm on. I've said all that. Have I said mine? I can't remember. Um, Cheesy UK is my Twitter, academyracer.co.uk for my racing stuff, which maybe, maybe in a year's time we'll start getting updated again. If How goes, exciting. If all goes to plan, but we'll see. Uh, so all that's left me to say from this 360 all-round view episode is thanks for listening and we'll talk to you again soon. ta Goodbye. 